1 Timothy 5, we've been going verse by verse, and we are in we're in verse number 3, and we, we, we preached on verses 3 through 10 last Thursday night. But I'd like to look at the first word in the third verse, honor. We talked about what the Bible requires as far as when is the church's responsibility to step in and care for a widow. And it is only after the family options have been exhausted. But uh, I believe that there's some questions that we can answer regarding honor. It says to honor widows. It's in the context of the younger honoring the older. Uh, a, a child honoring her mom when her husband died. And to honor means to treat with respect. It means to highly esteem. And it also is tied to our reputation. Are you an honorable man? Am I an honorable man? In the military, it's shown in different ways. They call it military honors. One way it's shown to show honor is in the form of a salute. It's a way to show respect. In academics, some people graduate with high honors. And man, that's a, a, an achievement and that is a respected thing if someone can do that. In business, it's, it's paying your bills on time. We, we understand the phrase, hey, honor your debts. In court, we address the judge as what? Your honor. Your honor. <laughs> it's not, hey, Joe, good to see you. No, it's when, he, when, when the judge enters in the courtroom, what do we hear somebody say? All rise, All rise for the honorable judge, you know, and... and, and it's a, it's a form of respect. Psalm 66 says, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name. Amen. Make His praise glorious. That's what we did before we opened our Bible. Right. It's an honorable thing to sing praises to His name. We... When we meet here and we sing to God, we are honoring God. It's not, we're not just mouthing words. Psalm 104, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God. Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. God is honorable. That's who we sing to. That's who we live for. And we must not forget that. Amen. And he gives us a glimpse of some things. Go to Leviticus 19. We never show anyone more honor than we would God. Yes, sir. But because we are Christians and we serve God, we are to picture that character trait or that attribute of God in our lives. Look at Leviticus Leviticus chapter number 19. The Bible says, in verse 32, Leviticus 19, look at verse 32. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head 
and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God, I am the Lord. It's like we were talking about in that courtroom setting. The judge walks in, all rise. It's a biblical principle that we see the gray-headed, the white-headed, the older saints, you stand up and greet them. That's a principle here, and it's, a, it's, a way, it's body language to show respect and honor to someone who is older. Now, I spent most of my uh, young life and then young adult life in martial arts. And one of the martial arts that I studied now, you might think this is weird. Maybe you won't. But if, if a senior, if we were sitting down and a senior belt walked into the room or our instructor walked into the room, everybody would stand. It was a way to show respect. If there were lower ranks on the floor and a senior rank stepped onto the training floor, Everybody would stop and face the senior rank. Everybody would be called to attention and, and, and they would have a greeting. A bow would be, be used as a greeting. You say, that's weird. Okay, it probably kind of is. But the idea was we were showing respect to those that have gone before us. When older people, when you rise or stand for them, it's not cultish, it's just you're honoring and showing respect that they've been around longer than you have. It's a way to show respect. Yes, sir. We've lost the idea of being an honorable man yes, sir. in this culture. Yeah. We're just kind of like a casual, cool dude. Yes, sir. <laughs> but you shouldn't be a casual, cool dude. Yeah. You should be an honorable young person. Young people, pay attention. If you want to have respect and receive respect and honor, you must show it. Right. You must show it. Amen. We talked about honor widows that are widows indeed in 1 Timothy 5. You don't have to turn there, but 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders be counted worthy of double honor. That's kind of what the verse says. But I left out a part on purpose. <laughs> they need to rule well. <laughs> because honor is associated with wellness. It's a wellness program, if you will. It's associated with goodness. Um, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine, which by the way, if you're a church leader and you're not laboring in the word and doctrine, you wouldn't be ruling well. Right. <laughs> That's kind of goes hand in hand. Amen. Ephesians 6, the New Testament, young people, you know this verse, honor who? Thy father and mother. That's where you come into play. The first people you need to honor here on earth, not talking about God, here on earth is your parents. Honor your parents first. Amen. You don't go and join a sports team and then honor the baseball coach 
And when he tells you to swing the bat a hundred times, you say, yes, sir, and you swing it a hundred times. You don't honor your soccer coach, and when your soccer coach tells you to kick the ball 50 times this way, you just say, yeah, and I'll do it. And then you go home after practice, and when mom asks you to help with the table, you, 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 you give smack talk. That's displaced honor. It's supposed to happen first with your parents. If you're not honoring your parents and you're honoring some other coach, I'm not telling you to dishonor another instructor or coach in your life. That's not the message. The message is you, got, you better get your parents first before you apply it to other authority figures. Well, I'm nice to the preacher and the Sunday school teacher when I come into church. Well, great. How are you with your mom and dad? Honor thy father and thy mother. So go to, go to Exodus 20. Exodus chapter number 20. And mark your spot in Deuteronomy 27 as well because we're going to go there. I'm glad I don't live in Old Testament times because I don't think I would have lived past my childhood. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> so, Exodus chapter number 20, if my, if my mom or dad is listening this evening, I'm sure they're, they are amening. Uh, I was a difficult uh, child, but the Bible says in Exodus chapter number 20, this was, these commands were given to Israel, God's nation that he called out, through Abraham and, and one of the commands that he gave in Exodus chapter number 20 uh, in verse number 12 well why don't we just all read it together it's such a rich verse let's 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 read the richness uh, ex, uh, Exodus 20 verse 12 ready we'll read it together honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee you wouldn't live long if you didn't show honor to your parents. We're not Israel. We're not under the Old Testament law. This command is repeated in the New Testament, by the way. What isn't repeated is the death penalty for disobeying and dishonoring your parents. But your parents, young people, aren't God. But it is assumed in Exodus chapter 20 with the nation being given these commands and these laws, it's assumed by the text that the parents were ruling well. Yes, sir. Yeah. They were doing right. And they are standing in the place of God in a sense because they are instructing their children in God's laws and in God's ways. So if a child in the Old Testament dishonored their father or their mother, they would in, a, they would in essence be dishonoring God because it's God's laws. Amen. He put that command in place and now you are dishonoring Him by dishonoring your parents. And when you dishonor your parents, young people, Pay attention. Don't look down in your laps in your Bibles. Pay attention. Look up this way. When you dishonor your parents, you are committing a high crime of rebellion 
against a holy God. Amen. Your parents are standing in place of God to train you and instruct you in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We're not talking about abusive parents, at least not yet. It's assumed they're doing right. <laughs> Young men, did your dad or does your dad help you when you are weak? Has he helped you in situations where you're not strong and he has aided you with his strength and knowledge and wisdom? Has He done that for you? There is going to come a day when He is going to be weak. Are you going to honor Him? Young ladies and young men, did your mom and does your mom care for you when you're sick? There's going to come a day when she's going to be sick. Are you going to honor her? Or is it time to go to um, basketball practice? Yep. Are you against basketball? I am. If mama's sick and needs your help, yes, yeah, I'm against it. <laughs> well, you mean you're not? <laughs> it's a problem. Our priorities are out of whack. Did your parents and do your parents help you see the ways of the Lord and salvation by grace? Do they help you see that when you're about as blind as a bat? There's going to come a day when mama and daddy are blind from old age. Are you going to be there to honor them? That's what we're talking about. Showing respect and reverence to not only older, but to your parents. Go to Exodus chapter 21. Look at verse number 15. You've got to be careful um, preaching these verses because we don't want to act like they're not there, but then we don't want to apply them to a people that they shouldn't be applied to either. So verse number 15, He that smiteth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. If you were ever to take your hand and smite your father, if he didn't kill you first, God strike you dead. <laughs> some way you'd be put to death do you know there are young people living today that physically abuse and assault their their own father and mother yes, sir. you don't even want to turn on the news to watch because you know it's coming the old testament nation god said you put that person to death that is how dishonoring it is now, we don't do that now. We're, we're, number one, we're not Israel. Number two, we're not under the Old Testament law. Look at verse 17. And he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put 
to death. Man, I'd be, I'd be dead. I'd be dead. It was assumed that you were going to live right because this was, this was how God set up the family. Amen. Go to Deuteronomy 27. Deuteronomy 27. And look at verse... Uh, we need Proverbs 30 as well. Uh, Proverbs 30 and Deuteronomy 27. We can get to both of those quickly. Okay, uh, Deuteronomy 27, look at verse 16. The Bible says, Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother. Now this isn't, and all the people shall say, Amen. That's verse 16. You're, you're not giving a, a, a lighter, you're not casting a light on your father, but this is a phrase we're going to uh, kind of go over tonight. Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother. If you publicly smote your father or mother and you publicly dishonored them, the death penalty was called for. So what do you think sinful little creatures would have figured out to avoid the death penalty? I'm going to keep it hidden. But I still am going to dishonor them. In my heart, I'm cursing them. In my inner, the inner parts of my being, I'm despising them. It's hidden in my heart. And it might come off in kind of some cocky, indifferent body language. It's, it, it comes across, young people, pay attention, look this way, with the smug looks of the eyes. Let me, let me demonstrate. <laughs> That's dishonoring. Amen. That's right. If your favorite sports hero came to town, would you do that to them? Then why would you do that to your mom or dad? Young people! You have a responsibility to live an honorable life in your heart toward your parents. That smug look, I asked you to go to Proverbs 30 with the eye. Look at this. Proverbs 30, verse number 17. This is a, an excellent verse for all of us, but especially young people to memorize. The eye, Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Except, I know what you're thinking. Ain't no raven, ain't no eagle gonna get my eye. No. A young eagle and a young raven isn't gonna get your eye. If you're alive, you know what the Old Testament called for if you're dishonoring your parents? 
the death penalty. A raven is going to pick out your eyes if you're already dead. <laughs> and you don't want that. Not only did you get the death penalty, but the ravens and the eagles come and pluck out your eye. That's pretty bad. This is why Exodus 20 talks about that thy days may be long upon the land. It's tied together. That proverb gives a principle, gives a word picture, if you will. It's tied together with the idea of, hey, look, you've got the commandment. You honor, you live physically. You have a longer life on the earth. You dishonor them. You risk having your eyeballs eaten out by ravens. And that ain't going to happen if you're alive, fellas. That happens when you're dead. Right. Honor and long life went hand in hand. That Old Testament nation, that earthly nation with the physical people, with physical blessings. So we can understand that. So let's go back to Deuteronomy 27. Look at verse 16 and we'll get to this phrase, setteth light. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse number 16. Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother. Go to 1 Samuel 18. Hold your spot in Deuteronomy chapter 27. Go to 1 Samuel 18. God gives us phrases and words, here a little, there a little, and He wants us to study our Bible, dig in it, and that's what you get in a Bible-believing church. You're going to get a, a preacher and leaders that want you in this book, digging in this book. 1 Samuel chapter number 18 Watch what it says in verse number 30. 1 Samuel 18, verse number 30. Is that the right verse? Let's see. Okay, I think that's it. Okay, uh, then the princes of the Philistines went forth, and it came to pass after they went forth. Okay, here we go. That David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul so that his name was much set by. David was behaving and he was behaving more wisely than all the servants because he was concerned about what? His name. His reputation. So it says, so that his name was much set by. It's a phrase that means so that his name was highly esteemed. This phrase set by has to do with David wanting his reputation to be highly esteemed. He wanted people to see him as somebody that was highly valued. And so he says, he behaved himself more wisely. Why? The same way we do. We're concerned about our reputation. We want it to be highly esteemed, set by. That's what that means. Now go to 1 Samuel 26. 1 Samuel 26. Verse number 21. 1 Samuel 26. Uh, 
verse number 21, David has, he has, the, he has the chance to kill Saul. He could have did it, but he didn't do it. Uh, 1 Samuel 26, verse 21, then said Saul, I have sinned, return my son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. And David answered and said, Behold the king's spear, and let one of the young men come over and fetch it. The Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered thee into my hand today, but I would not stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. He showed honor to Saul. And he could have killed him. That's a picture for how we should be dealing with the difficult people in our lives. Older people, parents, unsafe parents, wicked parents. <laughs> I mean, just go on down the line. How can we honor someone who doesn't, in our eyes, doesn't receive honor? Well, we can start by not killing them. Just being grateful that they gave us, you know, your wicked mom who's living for the devil. Just be thankful that she gave you life. Now, bless God, we probably, none of us here have to deal with that. But if you did or if we do, there are still some ways to show honor when you're not going along with the evil and the scheming and the sinning that you know as well as I do, we can't do as Christians. So it's not obeying, it's different. You're, you're, you're still able to show honor. But let's get back to finish up this thought so I don't go too far out of chasing that rabbit. So it says, and behold, verse 24, as thy life was much set by this day in mine eyes, so let my life be much set by in the eyes of the Lord and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. As this life was much set by, it's said twice, I could have killed you, Saul, but you know what? I esteemed and valued your life so I didn't kill you. So that brings us back to Deuteronomy 27 and we'll wrap this thought up on this phrase. Deuteronomy 27, verse number 16, Cursed be he that setteth light. You're not setting by, you're setting, it setteth light. You're lightly esteeming somebody who you should be highly esteeming. Your parents shouldn't be lightly valued. They should be highly valued. And so the Bible says, Curseth be he that setteth light by his father or his mother. Honor thy father and thy mother. Highly esteem them, young people. Why? So you can live long. 
That was for a Jewish boy. And I believe that principle is still here. You don't want to have an untimely death because of the way that you're living a dishonorable life. And then it says, the child that curseth his father or his mother. That's low or no esteem. Well, my parents have just done awful, wicked things. How can I honor them? Don't curse them out. If your parents curse you out and your children out and live a wicked life, how can you honor them? Don't curse them out. Amen. That's how you can honor them. It doesn't mean honoring wicked parents doesn't mean you just obey all the wickedness that they want you to do. No. You obey God. And you honor your parents by not cursing them out. You could put all types of stuff on Facebook nowadays. Cursing your parents. My parents this, my parents that. You know what God says? How you can honor a parent that would be, that you would, that you would think to yourself, man, how in the world can someone live like that? By not posting all their drama across social media. That's one way. That's one way. It's a way to honor the dishonorable, if you will. <clears throat> it's why Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. He talked about, you're honoring me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Now, remember we talked about the child. Well, you know, you have an old Jewish boy. He don't want to put the death, so he's not going to publicly do anything for his parents because he knows what's coming. So what does he do? With his lips, he'll honor. The public sees him as one way, but privately it ain't that way. In the inner being of him, it ain't that way. Jesus called the Pharisees out for that. He says, you fellows use your lips, but your heart is far from me. Um, why don't we go to Mark 7? The Pharisees' sin was hidden from public view. A matter of fact, the public thought the Pharisees were very religious and they were very pious. That's what the public thought. <clears throat> A bunch of greedy people, though. And they love themselves. Mark chapter number 7, uh, verse number 9. And Jesus, um, after he tells them, you honor me with your lips but and your heart's far from me, verse number 9, he says unto them, full well you reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, so when Jesus is letting these Pharisees have them, he gives them this command out of Exodus 20. And he says, honor thy father and thy mother. <laughs> and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. Yeah, what does that have to do with washing hands and, and, and all that stuff at the beginning of the verse? And what, why, why in the world would Jesus bring that up? Because the Pharisees loved the temple and the traditions associated with the temple more than they loved their parents and more than they loved God. So it's Jesus is using that command. And so he says, But ye say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. 
and ye suffer him no more to do all for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. So look at verse 11. It is Corbin. It's a gift or an offering brought. Uh, Corbin was the treasury. Uh, they would call it the Corbanus back in those days. And today we have an, an offering box, but it's, it's the treasury. So if you said to your parents, well, it is Corbin. Your parents are in need. They've raised you, but now you're an adult. But now your parents who raised you in the Lord are in need. Uh, it is Corbin. You know, you know what you're saying to your parents? You know what? I put that in the treasury. Sorry, I, I can't help you. I use that money for something that's really sacred, and you're really not that sacred, mom or dad. Sorry, it is Corbin. You see, I'm doing something for the Lord, mom. I'm doing something for the Lord, dad. It is Corbin. Sorry, I can't give to you. Jesus calls the Pharisees out on that commandment. Whoo, that's hot stuff. Yes, sir. He saw right through every facade Amen. that they tried to trap yes, Jesus sir. with. Amen. Can't help you, Mom. I've got to assist the temple. And Jesus says, don't cry Corbin when your parents are in need. And don't teach your children to say, you just, it's what we're trying to do. We're trying to. And God was so serious back in Deuteronomy 27 about don't curse your parents and all, and all that. He says, at the end of that verse, it says, and all the people shall say, Amen. amen. Why do we say Amen in church? We're applauding that which is good before God's eyes. We say, Amen, Amen. That's a good thing to, to say in church. So if you say you respect God and you worship God, then by default, you would be honoring who, young people? You're, you're a little bit louder. You're not going to die. If you say you respect God and you love God, by default, you would honor your parents. That's right. That's right. Go to Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26. Every young person in here, I, am, I would trust and I believe I would be rightly assuming you are well fed, you are well clothed, you are well schooled, you are well taken care of. You're in church on a midweek church service. There isn't any reason for you to diso disobey or dishonor your parents. We're, we're, well, they're mean. You ever hear of a job? You're going to have a mean boss someday. Your parents are getting you ready for that. <laughs> Look, they're not mean. They love you enough to be firm with you and teach you what is right. Yeah. A lot of young people don't have the opportunity and never will have the opportunity to be taken to church on a midweek service. 
It doesn't exist. Young people, look up this way. You have more opportunity in your life than most kids will ever, ever see. Is anybody going to go home tonight and when they get home, they're going to get punched in the gut by their father and end up puking all over the place? You're laughing because it's so funny to you because it would never happen. There's kids that that happens to and they don't have a way of escape. And they probably, the best thing for them to ever happen in their life, well, for anybody, is to be saved. But most of you, you're saved and you have all these physical opportunities available to you on this earth. There's some 10-year-olds, all they can do is trust Christ and just pray that God takes them home because life on earth is going to be hell in that home. There isn't any reason for any of you to dishonor your parents. Might as well get to the verse. Proverbs 26, verse number 1. As snow in summer, my wife don't like this verse. She does not want any snow in the summer. <laughs> and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. You don't pay honor to a fool. The same way snow doesn't show up in the summer. They don't mix. They don't go hand in hand. Honor is reserved for the good. God abhors evil. God hates evil. Honor is reserved for good. You don't get rain. If you get rain during the harvest, it's like the farmer just got robbed of all the work and the effort that he did. You don't want that to happen. He's robbed of the reward of his labor. And if your parents are going to labor for you, reward them by honoring them. And not only that, if you get rain during the harvest, you'll bring famine on the whole land. It will destroy all the crop. Our nation, why is it sunk so low? It's got nothing to do with the Republican Party or the Democrat Party or whatever third party that people think needs to come in to, to switch the thing. All of that is just kingdom stuff down here on earth. we got to deal with it. But we do like Joseph and Mary. We pay our taxes and move on. Okay, we, we, we're not going to change it. It's always going to be what it is, corrupt. But I lost my thought. What was I going to say? What was I saying? <laughs> what was I saying? Kingdom stuff. Oh, yeah. It, it, all, all that's going to pass away. What matters is, what matters is you living an honorable life. That's, that's what matters. I probably had another thought, but I just forgot it. Oh, here was what the thought was. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, 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 yeah, I'm not on. You start going um, with, the, with the keto, you get a little bit of a brain fog. That's not my problem. I'm just, just getting laid, I guess. Uh, why our country has sunk so low is not because of all those political parties. It's because we are not living honoring lives. So, and then we're going to we're going to act like the people that are evil and dishonorable, we're going to act like that's goodness. And we're going to reward that. And when a nation rewards that, it doesn't go good. It never goes good. So...
Last proverb and we'll be done. Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11. I'd like this to serve as a warning for all of us. There was a point in my life that I thought, now, I mean, now looking back when I read this verse, man, that was me. Proverbs 11, verse number 29. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. Who in the world would trouble their own house? The angry father, consumed with control. The unreasonable father and mother, consumed with peevishness. It's not one pet peeve. Everything's a pet peeve to them. Who would do that to their home? You, tr you trouble your own house. You're going to bring your own house down. Those that you live with, why would your end goal be to make them miserable? Yes, sir. Amen. I've done that. I've acted in ways where, wait a minute, i got to go before the Lord and say, no, I'm, I'm making my wife miserable by saying that or acting like that or, or I, I keep parking there. Well, find a new parking spot. Like, get over it, man. <laughs> Why would you want to make life at your own home miserable? God gives a proverb, man, it's so strong. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. It's an evil thing to trouble your home. Bible says he shall inherit the wind. Try to live off the air. You can't. You need more than that. <laughs> you're going to end up disappointed. The bottom line in this proverb says you're going to end up with nothing. Just like the wind. You're going to roar real loud and you're going to be real boisterous and then it's gone. And you end up with nothing. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. In the end, you lose if you live like that. Let's live honorable lives and let's show honor. You know, the Bible says, honor all men. How can I do that when some people in my life are just so wicked? Give them your best. If they're calling you names, say, you know what? I talked to you about that before. I don't want to have this relationship if every time I bring my wife and my kids here, you're going to curse at us. We, we, we can't do that. I don't want to do that. You dishonor them by cursing back at them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, what if I have wicked parents? Mom, Dad, I've talked to you. You're as drunk as a skunk again. 
I told you we're not bringing the kids over if you're going to get drunk like this. We talked about this. We're going to go now. Maybe we'll try it next week. The last thing you want to do is throw a beer bottle at them. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you, you go a couple rounds of that, there might have to be a separation of that relationship. But you honor them by giving them your best. You don't get your family involved in their worst and say, well, I'm honoring them. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not. You're just enabling more of sin. Separate yourself from that and honor them. What do they need? The gospel. Sure. Send them a Bible. Send them a gospel track. Write them a letter. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them how much God loves them. Yeah. That's how you can honor them. But you don't just drop your, you don't parachute your family into a sinful situation and say, yeah, well, this is great. We're going to honor them. No. Amen. That's not what God wants or expects. <laughs>